Welcome to the Zombie Coder, where we believe less is more, worse is better, and features should have purpose. This is the lead undead software engineer, Andrew, speaking yet again from my small family homestead in the Midwest. Today I've had a number of issues with the mic here, so hopefully this recording actually goes well. A bit of showception there for you. If it sounds overly processed, that's probably because I had to, uh, to actually get the mic sounding correct. Well, today I thought we would cover something a little bit different. I've had a really busy week, and so as opposed to one of the usual episodes where there'd be a lot of research involved, I thought I would take some time and talk about my work-from-home setup as I am dealing with lack of travel to the workplace. We are currently under quarantine, so I have not been able to really go anywhere to speak of. And I know a lot of people are in a similar situation. Maybe uh, you want to work from home and, and you haven't had the opportunity before. Maybe you are working from home forcibly uh, due to the epidemic. Or maybe you are looking at taking a job where you would end up working from home. Well, over the past several years, I've actually spent quite a bit of time working from home for non-pandemic related reasons. I spent a large amount of time working from home at a previous job where it was negotiated that that would be a substantial amount of my time. I lived a ways away from the employer, and so it really helped out in a few ways, specifically giving me a little bit more flexibility in my schedule. And so I've developed over the years uh, several mechanisms for dealing with working from home, and I have several mechanisms that I have been using to keep myself sane during the pandemic work from home. And I would start off with, if your experience working from home is related only to the pandemic, I don't think it's a fair comparison. The reality of the pandemic and working from home under these circumstances creates a lot more mental stress, I would say, at least for me. The atmosphere and attitude of fellow team members is radically different, and the politics of the situation is also radically different. It's different all around from what I would consider a normal work-from-home experience. That doesn't mean that all of the skills I gained over the years in terms of working from home don't apply. Indeed, most of what I'm about to say I found out during that time. But if this is your only experience with it, I don't think you should look at it as far as a yes or no or judge your level of enjoyment from working from home or your effectiveness as working from home based on this. Especially if you have children, uh, in the current circumstance, likely those children are at home or you are having to watch them more than you would otherwise. And that is not comparable. Uh, it, it, professional working from home generally is not expected or should not be watching children at the same time. So that is one area where there's a very material difference. Um, if you are a professional working from home, generally your employer is going to want to know you're dedicated to the job and obtain. you will need to obtain either a, a spouse watching those kids or send them off to daycare or school. So let's talk about the things that I think help as far as maintaining your own sanity while working from home. And then I'm going to talk about some of the technical aspects as far as 
what I've done over the years to maintain a solid technical background and, and technical ability to, to do that. Well, the first thing from the interpersonal and just sanity mental health perspective is having a designated workspace. And that is something that you will see in a lot of blog articles, entries, and so on as far as import from the idea of working from home and working from home effectively. And I would add that it is very important to make sure that whatever your designated workspace is, you are happy with it. It's possible that you're in you know, an apartment or some other scenario where you don't have a nice area to work from, but you should be at minimum comfortable in that area and able to spend eight hours in that area without feeling overly bad or trapped or you know similar sort of thing. And if you can't, you might look at potentially finding a workspace that maybe you can have a, a better option as far as quiet or, or comfort goes depending on where you're at and what the current COVID or pandemic protocols are or aren't, that might be more difficult for you. Again, this is an example of one of the areas where working from home now is potentially different. If you, if, if it were not for the pandemic, I might recommend going uh, to a coffee shop or, or mixed office space or, or multi multi office office area or library those sorts of resources are open right now, but they are also very limited in my area. I don't have that sort of thing available to me. I would also add, if you are a fan of light, pay attention to the lighting in the area. I am a fan of natural light, so I am in a room that has some nice big open windows. I keep one of those open all day. I keep the other one closed just because it creates a bit too much glare, but Overall, the room is nice and brightly lit for me. If you are one of the cave dweller sorts of programmers, find that sort of area for yourself. Uh, whatever you need as far as lighting goes, pay attention to that. I would also add, make sure you have a comfortable chair. Make sure that your desk is set up and relatively clean. I know that myself, I tend to collect junk on it, and that is definitely not helpful. If you are used to an office or an office cubicle, it is likely that that cubicle is substantially larger than you realize. A somewhat large house desk is going to be on the smaller end of what office furniture would be. Indeed, my current desk, I have a two dual monitor set up with an extra monitor for a, a laptop or other machine, and that is just barely fitting on what I thought was a huge uh, table that I purchased. It was not uh, large enough, really, and I'm actually looking at finding another one right now. You can, depending on what is open in your area, maybe look at thrift stores for a table or, you know, Walmart or whatnot, but I can't say that I would recommend a Walmart or Office Depot size desk. Those are going to tend to be a little bit on the smaller side and maybe not something you want to deal with. Uh, the second area here that I'm going to recommend as far as keeping at least myself sane is getting ready for work. If you have a morning routine that you engage in before you go to work at the office, I have found that keeping that is the best thing for me to be productive throughout the day. Otherwise, I just never get into the programming mindset. I have to uh, do some sort of 
mental warm up or reading or similar thing to kind of just set myself into the work attitude and atmosphere. Otherwise, it just doesn't happen and I end up staring at my monitor and not really managing to write code or think creatively. So whatever work uh, schedule you had before, I'd recommend keeping that even to the point of wearing the same sort of clothes. I have relaxed a little bit. I would usually try to wear a, a more dressy shirt and at least slacks every day. I am currently wearing some pajama pants and a t-shirt. That for me is okay, but if you need the extra boost to get into the work attitude, it might be worthwhile considering. Also consider if you have a meeting or you're going to interact with other people throughout the day and you have to stand up, be aware of what you are wearing. That could really get you into a, a, a dicey situation where you either have to not so coyly turn off your camera or uh, accidentally reveal that you are in pajama pants uh, to the whole of the office. Hopefully, uh, at least pajama pants. I would highly recommend uh, wearing something. Um, there have been a few incidents that I, I have seen on the internet uh, relative to this. Uh, not, thankfully, with my team, but with others. The next item that I would say as far as keeping yourself sane is turning the news and social media off. Do not engage in Facebook or Instagram or any of the other social networks, uh, Twitter, whatever is your poison as far as social network goes. I would stay off of that throughout the day. That's good advice even in the office. I do know, at least myself and others, I, I have seen, you know, take breaks on social media and potentially unwind a little bit throughout the day. But if you are working from home where the work-life balance is a little bit more blurred, Engaging in social media can be a very dangerous habit. And I also would say that I don't think social media in general is mentally healthy. I would avoid it, especially if you are trying to get work done. Do not engage in the, okay, I have a build going. I am going to take off and look at Facebook until the build is finished. That is an easy way to end up with not going back after the build is finished and discovering that you have spent far too much time on social media and need to make up that time at the end of the day. Well, that kind of gets to the next item I'm going to say, and that is scheduling. Make sure that you have scheduled your work time and your home time and have a clear delineation between that. I've seen multiple of my team members very wrapped up in various projects and working substantially longer hours without realizing it. You are potentially, if you're cutting out a hour-long commute, uh, you can get that hour back. But if you just dedicate that to your employer, you are adding an hour of workload and mental energy to your day. And that is a recipe to tire out quicker as far as that goes. You want to keep your mental effort in the code or mental effort into what you are doing roughly the same as it was before. And so if that means you are spending 30 minutes driving and 30 minutes driving back, you know, you have that hour long or hour long commute a day or the, the however long your commute was, make sure that you don't just 
dedicate that to work time. If you did something similar, like uh, listening to a podcast or any number of activities, do, do what you would have done in that situation anyway. If you're practicing mindfulness, maybe that's a good time for that. The next item I'm going to say here, the fifth, is keep your workspace clean. Uh, this is something that I am very guilty of, uh, that I should be practicing more of. I recently obtained a trash can, so I can actually make sure that I'm not leaving random uh, bits of stuff around on the desk cleanup at the end of the day. Um, if you have dishes, make sure you take them back after lunch. Uh, practice what you would consider good office etiquette in the professional setting. If your boss stopped by or one of your employees stopped by, you want to have the same setup uh, of professionalism in, in your office area, the same level of organization. If you are like me and tend toward uh, organized chaos, then maybe you need to be a little bit more organized, organized. I have found myself more productive since I put a bit more organization into what I'm doing here. I won't say it's perfect. It's definitely an area I need to work on. And the final item as far as maintaining sanity from the house goes is getting up and getting out. If you can, in your situation, I would highly encourage you to leave the house for lunch. It is something that I tried to maintain back when I worked from home as a more normal sort of thing. And during the pandemic, I have found myself uh, very stir-crazy. That is something that I did not realize how much I needed until very recently. And I've actually started trying to, on a regular basis, make sure that I leave the house in some form, even if that is just hopping in my car and taking a, a lap around the neighborhood in, in my vehicle. If you have a, a, another situation where you have a place to go to, if there's a park, I've actually enjoyed eating out uh, at a park multiple times uh, throughout the past few weeks. It's been hugely helpful. Get outside. It's very possible these days that many of us are never actually leaving the house from just a physical, like exiting the front door standpoint uh, into that big room with the, the big overly bright light. That's an important uh, thing as far as just basic health goes. It, you, or at least I, find that I am much more focused if I spend a little bit of time outside. Previously, that could have really been used as far as driving time goes or, you know, exercise. But now with the, the pandemic and the lockdown, I'm actually having to make a much greater effort to make sure that that happens just due to the, the entirety of the situation. So that's it for the elements as far as the interpersonal or, or mental health aspect goes as far as being productive. And now I'd like to kind of talk about a little bit of the technical elements as far as working from home goes. And the big piece of advice I have there is to make sure that you have backup internet. I have been in a situation repeatedly where the only reason why I did not have to take a day off was having a form of backup internet. 
Now, in my current setup, we have a uh, rural property, which means our internet consists of a radio pointed to a grain tower. Now, it's possible or likely that your internet is far more reliable or wired. Now, funny enough, my previous home, we had uh, Time Warner and AT&T, and both of those services were less reliable than a radio pointed at a water or pointed at the co-op, which to me is honestly really sad. I, I have friends that have Google Fiber. They, they tell me it's a little bit better, but my experiences with internet have not been all that great as far as quality of service goes, especially since, largely speaking, you do not have a business internet connection. You, you likely have a normal consumer internet connection, and they do not have a service level guarantees in general for that. If you have a business level connection, you can at least uh, have a contract that you can look at and be like, okay, I'm supposed to have this level of uptime and this level of response when the internet goes down. And that is helpful, but it's not something you get all the time. And even in that situation, it doesn't always help. I actually had a situation at a company I worked for where the the business internet provider, which was one of the one of the smaller cable companies in the area, they went down and they were not able to provide service for a couple days and we had to fall back over to the backup internet solution there. And so I recommend backup internet. And what sort of backup internet do I recommend? Well, what has happened uh, repeatedly for me and has been most useful and indeed I use it now is a cell phone. I would make sure that wherever you are that your cell phone uh, can get a good internet connection and make sure as far as your designated workspace goes or however you're going to have your house set up that if you need to, you can turn off your main internet access and switch over to the cell phone and get internet that way. As far as other coping strategies go, I really recommend having local copies of whatever you're working on or at least some ability to replicate services locally. That might mean purchasing some hardware if you are in a company that's a little bit more stingy. I have uh, multiple machines that I maintain here for purposes of actually being able to do uh, various consulting jobs and whatnot, but having the ability to do a build even when the internet is down and your backup internet is not connecting is a good thing. You want really to not have network connectivity turn into a limiting factor. Now, if you're working on a connected or a cloud platform, that might be a little bit harder for you. I know that some of the services I work on, I cannot easily utilize uh, without having that network connectivity. But one area that is worth considering is can you do things with more limited bandwidth? So let's say that you have connected your cell phone up and you are using internet and you have a normal cell phone plan or a light data cell phone plan. Maybe you're limited to four or eight gig of access. One key thing in that situation is being able to utilize either command line interfaces 
or some other text-based interface to avoid the massive data uh, usage that might happen. One thing I've actually found somewhat useful is Visual Studio Code has an SSH mode that you can open up a remote host and connect that way. It looks like it's not overly heavy on the data usage there. I also do quite a bit of work on SSH uh, connections and make sure that I have those bookmarked on my local machine so that I can access the various servers readily and be able to utilize that as a mechanism as far as good connectivity goes when my data is not that great. The benefit of the text-based interface, obviously, you are not using a remote session, and that is going to help because you're not going to have all of that data traveling both ways. If you must use a remote session, this is honestly, to me, where Windows is a lot better. I used to love Linux and X as far as that goes, but lately the newer versions of GTK and all do not seem to be nearly as friendly to remote access as Windows-based RDP. And that is an area, RDP, you can tune it down to a bare minimum setting and still get fairly decent reactive performance even on a somewhat crappy internet connection. I have actually previously used RDP over very limited, not even real 56K connections, and it's somewhat usable. The big kind of downside there, web browsing, not so much. Uh, web browsing seems to eat up a lot of resources, but as far as opening up a text editor on a remote machine or something like the SQL Server uh, database browser or any other number of tools, those seem to work relatively okay. Another area here that I have seen as far as benefit goes is also maintaining applications for my office connectivity on my cell phone. So if you are hopefully using something more modern like Microsoft Teams or Slack, get that installed on your cell phone. Make sure your office has that connectivity. If you have Outlook, get uh, Outlook and, and that on your phone, your e email connectivity going so that you can utilize that. And I would also say in, in this case, make sure you have either the discipline or the ability to turn it off. Since I do not have the discipline to turn it off, I maintain a bookmark for my work email, uh, my work email web portal. And that lets me kind of censor my ability to, to log into the office. Uh, the other the other for my consulting and whatnot, that goes directly to my cell phone still since I'm find it more important to be very responsive in those situations. But as far as your, your work goes and maintaining your work-life balance, make sure that you can filter that. And that'll be about it for this episode of the Zombie Coder Podcast. I have a few really exciting things going on in the background that I hope to talk about soon as far as personal projects and, again, things I'm reading and things I'm undertaking. But this week, uh, due to just kind of the way the week worked out, I wanted to kind of cover something just a little bit different. Meanwhile, I hope everybody that is dealing with working from home is keeping themselves sane. And until next time, Zombie Coder. As usual, music provided by Audionautics. This podcast and others available at Stitcher.com or just this podcast at textmans.com.